Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Irrelevant Podcast. It is Friday, August 31st, end of the preseason. Uh, regular season kickoffs kicks off in a week. Joining me to talk about that from, I don't know, where are you from now, Matt Terrell? Still, still the city paper, just more intermittently. They actually uh, asked what I was going to write this week, and I kind of panicked and didn't write anything. I found myself looking at your Twitter bio the other day, as one does, and uh, there was a lot of stuff on there. I didn't know what was what. Yeah, I don't know what's what either. I should probably revisit that. The probably cranky part, if that's still there, is definitely true. It just seemed like you, you had a lot of bylines. I don't know. You're, you're all over the internet. I'm I'm formerly all over the internet. I'm much less than I used to be. I'm actually much less on Twitter than I used to be. Like, when we talk about the game, I'm not going to have uh, any, hey, I saw this tweet that said, I didn't look at Twitter hardly at all during the game last night. Okay, so I saw one of those. I had one of those hey, look at this tweet moments from the game. And it, I think it was post-game, uh, Jay Gruden said about uh, Samaj Piran, nailed it. Uh, the fumbling issue is an issue. <laughs> Speaking of nailed it, uh, he really, he really, um, that, that is some witticism right there. Samaj Piran's getting cut, right? I don't know. I feel like he's on that, like, that cut line of like, he, he might stick around but not dress. <laughs> it's not great for the, what was he, third round pick last year? fourth i think yeah but yeah i mean i don't know i i the running back situation uh is part of the reason that i am less on twitter again uh i made the mistake of expressing my dis happiness which is not a word with the uh adrian peterson signing and mm-hmm. who boy i had forgotten what it's like when you know the entire fan base i think it was jp retweeted me into the ether and and I heard about it from people who are much happier about the Adrian Peterson signing than I was. <laughs> I love, okay, so first of all, I didn't know that there were still people that existed that would be like so excited about the Adrian Peterson signing that they would come after you on Twitter. Like, there's still that horde of Redskins fans that exist. Well, so so what I specifically tweeted was that uh, signing Adrian Peterson was a really good way to celebrate the 10-year anniversary. I think I said actually signing the corpse of Adrian Peterson was a good way to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of signing Jason Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a deluge of people who wanted to explain to me that they had traded picks for Jason Taylor mm-hmm. and they hadn't given anything up for Adrian Peterson. Right. So it was a totally different situation. Um, and yeah, but also people really seem to like Adrian Peterson Mm -hmm. and think that he is going to be good, which I'm very skeptical of even after uh, the third preseason game. Yeah. Well, most of those people just have different like theories about child discipline, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's Hey, hey, listen, you know, you can't, I I don't ask you what you do to your kids. (laughs) Um, Independent of that. I have somehow like gotten excited about the Adrian Peterson experiment. Sell me on it. I, I don't feel like it, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, of course he's old and hasn't had a good year in like three years and he was readily available in August. Uh, at the same time, he's Adrian Peterson and he seems motivated. And it's lo- like, if he could, if he, if he could have a uh, injury free season, I feel more confident in him than the Kelly P Ryan bibs trifecta. Yeah, that's tough to argue with. I even I can't claim that I think that washed up Adrian Peterson is markedly worse than those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it reminds me so much of Larry Johnson. 
Um, do you, how much do you remember of the Larry Johnson experience in Washington? Uh, I had to Google it. And like, I think somebody mentioned it reminded them of Sean Alexander. And in Googling the Sean Alexander experience, I recall the Larry Johnson experience. Well, so here's what I remember about the Larry Johnson experience, which I should point out also overlapped with the Willie Parker experience in Washington, which is even less remembered. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Pittsburgh's Willie Parker. Yeah, fast Willie. Uh, but Larry Johnson showed up and that was this is when I was working for the team. So I actually, you know, was covering him, uh, so to speak, and favorably, he, usually in a favorable manner. <laughs> I, I loved I loved him. Speaking of people, speaking of ignoring past uh, indiscretions, like he was a guy who was such good blog fodder. He like uh, had opinions on shoes and wrestling and, and he was, he was great for like circa 2010 <laughs> blogging. Yes. Um, the golden age, the, 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 the tail end of the golden age. I think, I, I think of you guys back in 2007 as the, the golden age, but anyway, uh, he, he was great for that and he looked great in preseason and I wrote about it repeatedly. And what eventually became very clear was that it had been because he was going all out, to prove himself in preseason and you know he is the shell of larry johnson so uh, the shell of larry johnson going 100 percent in preseason against a bunch of guys who are sort of like conserving it and trying to you know just make it to the regular season healthy is gonna look amazing it's like when it's like when you you, you know we you and i will both be a year older the next time we talk and we we are getting to be older guys and when you do something with like someone who's 10 years younger than you and you're really you're determined to prove that you're not as broken and decrepit as i definitely am you you go harder and they're like okay you know we'll let you we'll let you we'll let you get a few you know what i mean and i think that's what was going on with larry johnson and i can't shake the feeling that's what's going on with peterson as well like the the fourth down run that everybody was really impressed by his last run two weeks ago um where they're like oh and then he cut back in and got an extra 15 yards who on earth was expecting someone to cut back into the field on a preseason game? Like it's just, it's not even in your, you're not even considering that possibility. So to me, I just wonder, and I could be totally wrong. And from a team watching standpoint, I hope I am, but man, I don't know. You you spun quite an argument there. And parts of that, parts of that take actually shook me up a little bit. (laughs) Oh dear. Well, that's no good. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard about aging and yeah. Yeah, reflection. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Peterson, week one. Who are they playing week one? You probably know this. I hope you know this. I thought it was Arizona. Am I wrong? Sounds great. While you look that up, (laughs) Adrian Peterson's going to go like 18 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown in a win. And like, I'm literally going to be making Adrian Peterson t shirts. That's how it's going to go. Yeah. uh, Well, we can just add him. I'm looking at a t shirt right now that uh, actually. Stein Steinberg gave me uh, that reads Johnson and George and Banks and George and Matthews and Ramsey and Werfel and Ramsey and Hasselbeck and Brunel and Campbell and Collins and Campbell and McNabb and Grossman and Griffin and Cousins and Griffin and Cousins and McCoy and Griffin and Cousins and um, you can just add Peterson to the running back version of that shirt right there underneath Kelly and uh, who was before him was it was it Liddell Betts I don't even remember um you know, there's all, I feel like there's also a really good, like, this is just for, like, the Deep Skins fans. Like, there sh- would be a really good, like, kicker version of that shirt that goes back to, like, Chip Low Miller. Uh, that was the most disconcerting thing about last night's game was that uh, I didn't think that, that what's his name, the kicker, Dustin Hopkins. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I, I don't like 
missing that field goal. Uh, that worries me. Um, <laughs> like there's not many things during preseason that can legitimately worry me, but the kicker starting off bad, that's one of them. I just like having the same kicker. Like, let's can we just have <laughs> the same kicker for like 10 years. Like, I don't even care if he's, you know, seemingly a bad kicker. I just, the revolving door always makes me feel like we let the good guy go and then brought a bad guy in. And it just seems like that's how it works. Um, it's like a, a school bus driver. You know, you don't, you don't really care that much, but seeing the same face every day, there's a certain element of familiarity there. So I'm in on Peterson also just to like make things interesting um, because I don't, there's just not a whole lot of excitement with this team. No, there's virtually no excitement. You really realize that during the fourth preseason game when there's very few people that you're even like wondering if they'll make the team or wondering if they could be something or if they'll blossom. Like even the quarterback, it's not like they had a developmental guy in there. It's Kevin Hogan, who is, I guess, a developmental journeyman. Mm -hmm. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he needs a lot of development. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, so I, I, I barely watched any of the preseason games. It seems like Cam Sims. Or maybe, maybe Trey Quinn, although I guess Trey Quinn is going to make the team. I guess Cam yeah. Sims would be the, the 2018 preseason Hall of Famer. I guess so. I still I still want to make the depressing argument for Darius Geis as the 2018 preseason <laughs> Hall of Famer. But I, I'll give you Cam Sims is the much less bleak option. Well, I guess the Geis run for like 20 or 30 yards that was called back for holding was probably the highlight. But then that was also, I think, the play where he suffered the season-ending injury. Certainly the most notable play of the preseason. Yes, and also the only exciting player on the Redskins, as near as I can tell. Um, Did did you notice that this, uh, speaking of Twitter internet corner, that this appears to have literally driven um, Burgundy Blog to quit, for real? You know, my brother texted me that. His like his like profile page. He texted me a screen grab, and it was like this was on like August twenty fourth. Burgundy Blog's last tweet on August eleventh or whatever, where guys went down, was just, "I quit." Yeah, and he's fiction man. Yeah, he's he is not a man who minces words. Yeah, he said he quit, and he has vanished. I really I admire that. I I've said I quit eight hundred times and reinstall the app a week later. I do miss Burgundy Blog because. I will just like when I'm just like trying to like kind of catch up on the Redskins. I've been out of the loop for a few days. I'll just like go to his timeline. And if something happened, you know, like if anything, yeah. of any meaning or consequence happened, he'll have like shared it and weighed in. Yeah. And more to the point the the signal to noise ratio is good enough. Like he, he would, he would, there wouldn't be, you know, if you go to John Kimes Twitter or something, mm-hmm. he's going to also have given a thousand updates on, other much less interesting Redskins things. Uh, right. Whereas you would really get the highlights there. I totally agree with you. Um, oh, well, I was going to say something and now I forgot. Oh, the guys thing though, like him going down. I don't know how to quantify this. I, I feel like I'm like 40% less excited about this season because they, like if he was, if he was the primary back coming in with all this, you know, hype, and had shown you know well in the preseason. I feel like I'd be about forty percent more like just enthusiastic about the coming season. I agree. Although from a certain perspective, that's really depressing also because mm-hmm. it, it he was I don't know like with with all the enthusiasm I can muster, uh, I, and I'm more excited about Alex Smith than I would be about Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, it's it's not a huge jump in excitement. And just about everything else about this team feels 
fundamentally the same. He was the one difference, right. the one young guy, the one bit of excitement. And it's really depressing that a guy who literally had never carried the ball in the regular season and barely carried in preseason, losing him feels like such a massive blow to my interest in this season. And That's it, really it, bleak. It's not like he was Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley, like this top, top pick, you know, that was like a superstar college back that everybody's like, not just fans of this team, but like everybody across the country are really, you know, interested in. He was a second rounder from LSU. And like, I barely heard of him a year ago. (laughs) Well, there was an interesting, yeah, I've certainly never heard of him, but yeah, there's an interesting phenomenon that when he was floated as a potential first round pick, it's sort of like anchored his value there. So Mm -hmm. it, he may not be quite up to Saquon Barkley level, but it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he fell that far. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't believe they got him. Um, so he did carry some of the first-round cachet. It wasn't like he was a total no-mark second-rounder. Well, plus he had the, like, falling out of the first round chip on the shoulder, you know, due to, like, right. vague character concerns. And then I felt like he was, like, on the far other end of the spectrum by like showing up at movie theaters and like being with the fans and, you know, just a man of the people and just the, seeming like a good dude. Uh, yeah. But, oh, well, uh, oh, well, <laughs> 2019 pal. <laughs> but I, I think like, I, I just feel like this team is, it's not terribly interesting and whatever excitement you could muster is like, is, you know, kind of, uh, restricted by all of the injury concerns you know like there's some really exciting players on the team like chris thompson and jordan reed who are you know like like whatever pro bowl caliber guys but nobody expects them to play a full season (laughs) and last year like you know those guys like jonathan allen's another one that you'd be really excited about but is he going to be is he going to be on the field um I don't know. That's like probably the only interesting thing is like, are we even going to see these guys play? Yeah. Uh, I will say that a, an opening week win would do a tremendous amount to elevate my enthusiasm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there is, I said this, I think last time we talked, uh, which we should say to everybody, sorry for the break. We're going to try to try to be weekly moving forward, but life stuff got in the way. Um, but uh, I think I said last time that um I was genuinely, I'm feeling excited for actual football for like the NFL season to start. Um, and I still have that. So I think if the skins take the field and look good um, and win, um, I will at least be able to be cautiously excited. Although, yes, I will always have that uh, just undertone of fear that, that it's all going to end with one, you know, Chris Thompson injury or something. I've, I've never been so close to canceling the Sunday ticket as I am this year. I moved out of the Redskins, out of the market 10 years ago, got DirecTV, and I've had Sunday ticket every year since. Uh, you know, and it's only like, it's like a $300 package. But every year I call and say, um, my team's no good. Uh, you know, I'm going to cancel. And they say, who's your team? And I say, the Redskins. And then they give it to me 50% off. <laughs> um, so it's only like 150 I'm still like, do I want to pay 150 for you know, like all the Redskins games rather than just like six of them. I don't know. It's, it's that, it's that close of a, uh, of a, of a decision. Well, it feels like everything. I think, did we talk about this? I, I feel like this whole season just feels like that for me. Like if they have another mediocre season, 
it's going to be harder and harder to buy back in. You know, it's, we say this every time and then something happens to make it seem exciting. They fire the coach or they, you know, draft some, some rookie quarterback or something, but it's just hard to see from here. Well, I mean, the good thing about the Gruden era is like, you know, you're going to be in that like eight win mix. (laughs) You know, like we joked a million times last year about back to back uh, winning seasons. Is that what it was called? Back to back non losing seasons. I think I think went, that's where we're that's where we're at. Yeah, because they went nine back, and seven, back, and then eight, seven, and one. Yeah, back to back wins. Yes, oh, over five hundred. <laughs> back to back. Uh, I think that's back to back winning seasons, baby. Um, and then last year, last year felt like a four win season. You know, like it felt like a shit year with all the injuries and like just the bitter taste of of cousins in your mouth. But I mean, they still won seven games. They've averaged eight wins a year the last three years. I don't really expect much different from this 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 year's edition. Um, and they open with Arizona and Indianapolis. So on September seventeenth, when we're talking about our two and zero Washington Redskins, it's going to be a different tune. Oh, totally different tune. It'll be uh, <laughs> it'll be much more upbeat and cheerful. I have no doubt. <laughs> the the thing about last season, I saw you. I think I saw you tweet that a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. Keep sticking with me because it really does feel like last season was dreadful. And the fact that it was a mm-hmm. seven and nine season is mm-hmm. one of the main things that, that does make me a little optimistic for this season. Cause you know, they, they, they did that with injuries and with, with <laughs> a similarly subpar roster. So maybe they, they can did get that. another win out of it. Yes, they sure did. Way to go. You guys. <laughs> well, I think it, I'm looking at last year. It helps that they won two of the last three because Okay, they the high point was beating San Francisco and going three. They got to three and two. That was probably like the peak. That was certainly their best record. Um, but then they, you know, went on a little tailspin and got to five and eight. You know, so at, when you're at five and eight, like you're a loser. There's no there's yes. no playoff hopes. Uh, and then they won two of the last three. But really, like as long as they're in it, I'm going to be in it. And I think these Gruden teams. And in particular, this Gruden team are good enough that they are still like in the hunt as you get past Thanksgiving. Um, and that feels that feels good. <laughs> That's better than what we're used to. Yeah, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, do we want to move to predictions at this point? What do you think is going to happen this year? <sighs> I think this year is going to be one of those like recent vintage nine or 10 win Redskins like wild card seasons, like recent vintage where like, you know, like in the eighties we went to Super Bowls. Well in the, in the tens or whatever this decade is that were, that were in the teens, the teens, it's probably the teens. Um, We get, you know, a a wild card round game. I think this is going to be our whatever fourth wild card round game in 10 years, just like we went to four Super Bowls in 10 years forever ago. I uh, I was at a bar last night um, with a group of guys that I don't know that well, and one of them and I got to talking because we're watching the game on on actually on my phone mm-hmm. uh, because we are at the point where the game isn't even on TV. Um, and he and I realized we had both been at the same game against the Raiders in 1983, um, both as kids, both with our dads. And uh-huh. there, there was a long moment of depressed silence thinking about how far, how far things have fallen since then. Well, to, um, to, that, to that point, I just want to point out that uh, I, I had my facts wrong there. Um, 
we've only been to two wild card games in the past 10 years. Uh, the third one, you'd have to go all the way back to 2007. So, man, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, not great. But I agree with your overall point. I'm, I'm calling nine and seven for the season. Whoa. Um, that's that's, that's where I'm at. I know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to imagine. The, the two of us, we combine for between 18 and 19 wins for this Redskins team this year. Um, I, feel like, I feel like we're, we're, we're above expectation there. Like, I, 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 I'm going to – you go ahead. I'm going to figure out what our over-under expectation is. Okay. Well, I mean, but it's, uh, it's basically repeating everything I've already indicated, which is last year's team went 7-9 and nine with a bunch of injuries. I think Alex Smith represents a minor upgrade over Kirk Cousins for this year uh, mm-hmm. at quarterback because I can't stand Cousins. I think Adrian Peterson represents a minor upgrade over whoever the hell was running the ball last year. The return of Thompson, hopefully, and uh, Jordan Reed, hopefully. Um, Paul Richardson is certainly an upgrade over the non-existent Terrell Pryor. So, like, the whole offense seems to be incrementally better than last year. The defense is undeniably better, assuming everybody stays healthy. Um, At least the Mm -hmm. defensive line is. There were some losses at corner um, safety, probably a wash, but it, it's, it, I, I think the team should be able to at least improve over last year. I just don't think they'll do it by much. So I'm giving them two more wins. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I mean, the, I'm excited about the defense, especially the prospect of, of Payne and Allen playing next to each other. Uh, I, that would just be, it'd be so cool to have a great defensive line. <laughs> you know, <they're> just like, <laughs> just like wrecked shit every play. That would be incredible. I feel like we've had, like either adequate or poorest defensive line play for a long time. Um, when were so we adequate? <laughs> I don't know. Adequate's one of those words where it's like, if you call something adequate, it's terrible. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess they were adequate in the most technical definition of it in that mm-hmm. uh, it was guys who we were legally able to start the football game according to the rules and, and didn't forfeit. So by mm-hmm. that standard, it was, it was adequate. It's kind of like when, FP Santangelo calls somebody a professional hitter, you know, like, <laughs> like like a guy who just can't hit at all and that you would never want in your everyday lineup, like gets a base hit. And he's like, that's just a professional at bat right there. Just, <laughs> you know, that guy sucks. Um, coincidentally, like FP Santangelo was a professional hitter. Uh, the over under on Redskins wins 2018, according to odd shark. So this seems legit is seven. Uh, do you want to guess the rest of the division? Do you want to guess the Eagles over under? Uh, what are they setting at? Like 11, 12? 10. Really? Yeah, <laughs> which feels a little low. I mean, they won 13 last year, but I guess with wins, you don't quite know what you're going to get to start the season. I plus, guess it just seems pessimistic uh, of an over under. No, no one is over 11. 11 is the highest, and that's the Patriots. The Steelers are at 10.5. Okay. All so right. So 10's like about as good as it gets. You know, the Packers are at 10, the Rams are at 10, Vikings at 10. All right. And um, and they set the skins at seven, you said. Yes. So, okay. So Eagles at 10. Uh, guess the Cowboys. The Cowboys, skins are at seven, Eagles are at 10. So the Cowboys are at eight. Eight and a half. And okay. The, and the Giants, uh, six, seven. Okay. So I would go. I'd probably go over on Philly, under on Dallas. New York feels about right. Yeah, I would, but I think I would take the under because I, I guess six and they went six and a half. Um, well, we're going to need New York and Dallas to be like six win teams 
so that the Redskins can be a nine-win team. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing. That's that's where I'm taking the over for yeah. Washington is mm-hmm. beating those guys to put them to their under. It, that that's pretty much that's pretty much where it's at. I did see somebody was it Danny Kelly at the Ringer. It was somebody uh-huh. um, wrote a column with like three potential sleeper like Jacksonville last year type teams, and and he did have the skins as one of them using the argument that you and I are both putting forward at this point. That's my, that's my Super Bowl right there. Just being a preseason sleeper. Feels feels so good. Boy, I used to get excited about off season signings. Now even that has lost its thrill. And it's just somebody saying something nice, however briefly about the team. (laughs) By the way, on the low end, nobody has a lower win total than 5.5. So seven is really, it's really not a great expectation. They have the Browns at five point five, five point five. Yep. In Arizona, wow. well, also it should be said, yeah, you know, we brushed past it, but like Arizona and Indianapolis to start the season, the Cardinals are at five point five over under on wins. The Colts are at six point five. Uh, the Colts who we we play at home in week two. Yeah, so, I the Colts. I don't know how you predict anything with the Colts because you yeah. just don't know what Andrew Luck's going to look like. So, I mean, it's certainly not taking it to the bank or whatever, but like, you know, that's that's about as good as like at Arizona, Indy at home is, uh, you know, about as good as you're going to get uh, in hopes of a two and a start. I I was thinking yesterday. I mentioned Locke, which made me think of RG three, uh, which made me think of. I was thinking yesterday about uh, you know Aaron Rodgers signed this big contract extension, uh, Alex Smith. Obviously, uh, still still going strong. Um, what do you think Jason Campbell's doing right now? Wow, so he he's out of the league. I right? think so. I mean, he was still getting some action two years ago. He, was it that recently? Uh, oh, Jesus! <laughs> time time flies. His last his last uh, his last you know year the stats for at least was twenty fourteen. Guess and how old he, Jason Campbell is now? He is. Let's see. Alex Smith is what thirty four. Um, J- Jason Campbell's got to be older. What is he? Thirty five. He's thirty six years old. Goodness yeah. gracious me! Yeah. yeah. But he was taken. Was he the pick after Rogers or two picks after Rogers? Uh, he was. I want to say the pick immediately after Rogers. I'll have this for you in just a second. So Alex Smith was number one overall that year. Aaron Rodgers was twenty fourth. Campbell was 25th man that uh, is uh that is bleak. so Redskins that's <laughs> that is very bleak <laughs> I think we've used the word bleak more on this podcast than well, on almost any other I had a rough night last night so I, I just have a very limited vocabulary right now I see was it a fun rough night or a genuine rough night uh both it was a fantasy draft a live draft the Wrightsville Beach Dads fantasy draft um, at a bar at Wrightsville Beach, and uh, it was good. But at the end of the night, um, there was a contingent like there was like five of us left. There was a contingent that really wanted to walk to the beach bars, which is like a half mile away, and the beach bars are like um, college age, you know. And I'm not, mm-hmm. so uh, they decide uh, they're all going to walk to the beach bars, and I kind of like duck out like the little Irish goodbye because I just didn't want to deal with the bullshit and also didn't want to go. So I was like ordered an Uber from like, you know, around back of the, of the bar. 
and it arrives and I walk out to get it. And I see, but by the time I get up there, all my friends have gotten into my Uber and have rode off <laughs> to the beach park. <laughs> so, and I really didn't have a leg to stand on because I had basically just like said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll see you guys there and then left, you know, so I, I really, I, I couldn't really show my face at that point. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll, I'll just order another Uber. Well, little did I know that I couldn't order another Uber because they were in my Uber. Right. And you haven't closed out your ride yet. Yeah, so I had to wait for the ride to close out, and I wait like five minutes. I know it's not more than a five-minute ride, and it still won't let me like order another Uber. So, and it's like midnight at this point. Daddy needs to get home. And so, I'm like, what do I do? It's 2018. I have no access to Uber. I don't have a car. Uh, you know, nobody's around. Like, am I gonna have to call a, a, a taxi company? <laughs> you know. I'm 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 on tenterhooks to hear how you resolve this dilemma. Well, I, I ended up downloading Lyft and taking yeah. my first ever Good. Lyft ride, which was wonderful. That was the correct answer. Yeah, <laughs> but the Uber the Uber fiasco was was deeply unsettling. I was like, what am I, what am I going to do? I have no access to Uber. So there's there's two questions that this anecdote raises for me. Uh, the first is well, actually, one is not a question. One is a comment. Um, I'll get to that one next. The first, though, is did you wind up with any uh, Redskins on your fantasy team? I took Chris Thompson in like the eighth round or something. Um, that was the only Redskins flyer I took. Matthew Barry, I want to say, said I listened to his podcast of like 101 fantasy facts or something like that. And uh, it stuck out to me. Chris Thompson at the time of his injury, which was basically like the first half of the season, uh, was running back 10. So like the 10th best running back through the first half of last season in, in fantasy terms. Pretty impressive. Chris Thompson. Agreed. Um, I'm, I'm so skeptical though. Like I, I know, oh, yeah. I know they've been effusive about him, but just, it's hard for me to believe he's going to get back. We had, uh, we did an auction draft and um, someone, uh, you know, it, it's known that a bunch of people in the league are skins fans and, and people will often use this to, uh, you know, bid up uh, skins players, and it it just it did not work this year. I forget who it was. It might have been Alex Smith or somebody got thrown out there clearly as a run up the run up the numbers bait, and nobody bit. It just kind of sat well, there. And I mean, like the Redskins, uh, like fantasy prospects are so dim. You know, like Chris Thompson. He he's like the running back after all of the like you know all after all the running backs have left you know that's still on the board you know because it's like if you're if you're a guy who's expected to get carries like you're pretty much going to go ahead of Chris Thompson because he's such a wild card yet Chris Thompson is pretty much like the first Redskin taken in the drafts that I've been in Jordan Reed is the like last tight end standing that everybody's heard of but nobody wants to take him because of injuries I don't think any of the receivers maybe Crowder was like a late rounder. And Crowder and Doxon both were like late rounders in the drafts I was in. And, you know, Alex Smith, same way. I think he got drafted in every league I was, I was in, but he was always like the 20th quarterback. Um, yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I haven't done, I haven't scouted like the bills or whatever, but I can't imagine there's another team. I don't know, maybe the Cardinals or something. Another team with like as bad a fantasy lineup as the Redskins. Yeah, uh, they certainly have potential to 
win you your league as a result of that. You know, if you, if you took Jordan Reed last tight end and he actually stays healthy for a season, it could wind up yeah. good for you. Um, we had somebody kept Adrian Peterson in our league uh, without going too far into the arcane rules, mm-hmm. but uh, it kept him for about 16 bucks out of a $200 budget, which seemed insane to me. I just I couldn't imagine doing that, but everybody else seemed to think it was an okay idea. So he was still he was still being kept. I mean, the dude has not had a good year since like 2014. I'm sure I would have to look back. So if he was kept at 16, the way our league works, he was probably picked up at 11 late last year, probably as a an injury fill in. Well, I think the moment that Adrian Peterson got drafted in each of my drafts was always a fun moment. (laughs) Because <laughs> it was like in the one league where we've got like a big uh, board on the wall with stickers for every player's name, like he had to be a write-in. There was no sticker for Adrian Peterson. There's a sticker for literally every other player that was taken in the in the entire draft, except for Peterson. And you know, as like the drafts unfolded, he kept going higher. Like my first draft was like a week ago. And I feel like now that like your people like the, the hype train is kind of pulled out of the station, he's just gone up and up. And he's always taken before uh, you know, Kelly or, or Piran as he as he should be. But like that's how dismal the, the kind of redskins skill position fantasy prospects are. Uh, yeah, I agree. So then the other thing from your anecdote that, that brought to mind was that uh, last night at the bar that I was at a bunch of the guys who are all very beer oriented folks uh, were talking about a variety of North Carolina breweries. I think Asheville has a bunch. Is that right? Breweries. Beer um, city. Asheville's they were, time. they were very enthusiastic. So any, any, I guess to get towards our wrap up, any, any beer news to share or anything on that front? Uh, well, you know, I'm trying to think like Wilmington has, has uh, grown up quite a bit on the beer front, but like you're not going to get any of the beers past Raleigh, I would say. Like if there's like really hip bottle shops in Raleigh that might have some Wilmington cans. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, there's a Asheville, sentence that uh, I don't think anybody ever anticipated 15 years ago. Well, Asheville is like I think more breweries per capita than anywhere in America, and uh, they also have kind of quite famously that area is now the home to like the East coast operations for Sierra Nevada, Oscar blues and new Belgium. So like each one of those, you know, micro like mega micro brewery brands has like its own giant brewery and tap room situation, like in the mountains of North Carolina. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Do your kids have an opinion on breweries? Because mine have reached the point where, like, if we pull into the parking lot of like a warehouse space somewhere, they're like, <laughs> "Wait, we don't have we don't have gymnastics today." And I'm like, "No," but they're like, "Oh God, is this a brewery?" And they're like, "They're miserable. It doesn't matter how much cornhole or how many video games the place has. They're just they've had so far enough of this." Uh, well, maybe you should stop drinking. <laughs> but fair point uh i'll take that under advisement i mean just, you guys could go to a playground or i don't know like one of those like uh what am i gonna do on a playground like a trampoline park or something <laughs> <laughs> but uh what was i gonna say oh root beer if a brewery serves root beer they're happy if it doesn't they're like what is this shit 
that that seems like a fair judgment there was one we went to that had a broken mortal combat machine and my son thought that one was okay because it worked just well enough to punch things um but that's about it um yeah i i i am more excited for beer talk than redskins talk at the moment you think that'll change by next week you know the redskins need a winning season i feel like they need to like recapture the imagination i mean i'm talking to you right now i'm wearing a panthers t-shirt and i'm taking my son to his first panthers game in three weeks the panthers Bengals, and he's wearing his camden jersey and he's fired up um all of which is to say like for me you know lifelong skins fan living six hours away in north carolina not even really in the shadow of charlotte it's a tenuous, my fandom is a little tenuous. <laughs> like, if there's like a few more years, like last year in a row, and say the Panthers are, you know, go on a nice run. I don't know, man. I, I think we might have to, uh, we may have like, to, like an O's Nat situation where I, I somehow like switched fandom at, you know, at some point in my adulthood. Well, I think we need to attach some kind of number to this and track you throughout the season as to, as to where you stand on your Redskins fandom level versus your Panthers fandom level. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, you know, like, this is how it starts, you know? Like, the Redskins have another bad year. Say the Panthers have a good year. I get the Panthers games on local TV. Maybe next year I cancel Sunday ticket. What are we going to talk about on the podcast? You know, it, suddenly I'm a Panthers fan. It, it'll be great. You, you, uh, you're Also, you're taking your son 35 years from now. He'll be at a brewery somewhere talking about this specific Panthers game with somebody else who happened to have been there. Uh, yeah. Field of Dreams, Will Leach books, etc. You know, it's yeah. it's all it's all happening. Um, <laughs> did you see? Did you see the uh, the actor who played Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman? Yeah, he was on a podcast. I think the Joe Pisnanski podcast, where he was poking whole like plot holes in Field of Dreams. Yes, incredible. <laughs> the, the, really good. Really good. It should be mentioned, the Joe Posnanski podcast is an underratedly great podcast, not because of Posnanski, who is fine and much better uh, of a sports writer person than like, uh, you know, me or many of the people I know, but because Michael Schur is his regular co-host, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ken Tremendous slash Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. And a, a weekly dose of that guy rambling on about anything is is a good thing. Did Ken Schur... <laughs> You just mentioned like you have, like two or three things that he does or has done. Also was what, like maybe not the showrunner, but like the number two guy with The Office. Correct. And also the showrunner for The Good Place. Correct. And, and, and creator. And, right for Saturday Night Live. Correct. And, and, but to me, uh, he will always be Fire Joe Morgan first and foremost. He will always be Ken Tremendous. I mean, God. What a what a what a resume! <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a little more impressive than what I've got on mine. I will say that for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything? We're both at nine and seven. I I could I, I feel like nine and seven is uninteresting. So I'm going to go with ten and six. I'm just all right. You're, you're a brave man. Ten and six. Okay. Yeah, I would never predict eleven and five because that just literally hasn't happened since 1991. <laughs> but, anyone uh, anyone going to the Pro Bowl? Anyone going to the pro- I mean, like for real? Not not like six alternates in or whatever. Like, well, anybody? Well, kind of on the on the subject of like, um, you know, the Redskins not having anybody drafted in the first eight rounds of fantasy. Um, ESPN did that top one hundred players in the league, and the Redskins mm-hmm. didn't have anybody in the top seventy. 
Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. I'm well, going to send first, Jonathan Allen to the Pro Bowl. Well, at first I was like, Trent Williams isn't one of the top 70 players in the league, really. And then I was like, you know what? He's probably like top five left tackle when he's healthy. But because he's like this institution on this team, I feel like, you know, in my mind, he's like everybody's all pro. <laughs> but really, no, he's probably like the 73rd best player in the league. Yeah, that's probably about right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think somebody breaks out on the defense. I think either Jonathan Allen uh, or who knows, maybe Payne has an impressive rookie campaign or something. But yeah. I think one defensive player goes to the Pro Bowl for the Redskins. It's my prediction. I, You know, and Norman and Kerrigan are like Pro Bowl caliber guys. You know, we haven't even mentioned them because they've just been there and they've been healthy and that's that's great. But like, I appreciate those dudes. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good note to end on, frankly. I appreciate those dudes, too. <laughs> Ryan Kerrigan is going to end up – I think he already has more sacks than Dexter Manley and Charles Mann had as a Redskin. Uh, it, people forget that. They, they sure do. Uh, the, 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 if you need a further proof of the stupid argument that Super Bowl wins are more important than individual statistics – uh, that is definitely it because I would probably take current, like sixty-five-year-old Dexter Manley on my team over Ryan Kerrigan just because I'm like, ah, that guy's a winner, you know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I. I'm trying to think of like who is the worst player on these Super Bowl-winning Redskins teams, but the truth of the matter is they're they were all gods. There's no weak links in the chain. <laughs> so, oh well, I'm not even gonna make the, the, the comparison. All right. Uh, how do we end? How do we end these things now with our new podcast technology? Do we just? Oh, that's hang right. Up? Yeah, I, I think we just. I think we just punch out and and hang up. Which is a reminder, as far as the sort of housekeeping goes. Again, this should be available on all of your podcast apps. Uh, if you've made it this far, it almost certainly is. Um, but if there's something that is terrible about this new format, please let us know. If you're one of the five or six people who listens to this, and uh, we'll try to fix it. All right. Yeah, and and if if, if anybody. Uh, wants any free uh, marketing for their business or just their personal brands. Let us know that too, because we're happy to give out sponsorship. Yeah, we really want to do ad reads. It makes us feel like grown-up podcasters. So yeah, just if you've got something for us to advertise, send it on over. Um, by the way, I, I, I'm going to call you out here because I, I, I have no idea what the answer is. Well, I can guess at the answer. You just bought a house. Did you use the realtor that, that sponsored last year's Mr. Relevant podcast? I did not. But I will say in my defense, I used, I used the realtor that I have an established relationship that I have, uh, I have bought and sold houses with in the past. So I have a slight excuse there. But that was putting I, me on the spot. I would have gone with the guy who advertised on our podcast. Well, listen, when you're willing to finally move back to the area and become a true, you know, DMV or whatever they're called, uh, then then you can do that. Uh, man, it's a good sell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where can people find you on the internet? I'd rather, I'd prefer they not. Ditto. <laughs> All right, uh, talk to you after after the Redskins win Week One. Take care. Bye. Bye.